Thank you, Brother Terry. Thank you, choir and our praise team. Thank all of you for taking part in worship. It's so good to hear everyone singing and praising the Lord this morning. And so we pray that everything is, uh, was honoring to him. Uh, if you brought your Bibles this morning, please turn to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3. This morning I'm going to be sharing a sermon that I've entitled, Let Others Who Come Behind Us Find Us Faithful. Let Others Who Come Behind Us Find Us Faithful. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21, and then we'll look at John for one verse, John 10, verse 16. But if you're able, physically able, if you would stand as in reverence of God's inspired, inerrant, infallible word. Just remember, as we read, God's speaking to us. He's speaking to you, speaking to me, speaking to all of us. And so we want to look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now if you would look at John chapter 10, verse 16. One verse there, John chapter 10. We want to look at verse 16. John 10, verse 16. Jesus is speaking, and he says, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, now he's speaking to the Israelites. He's calling them his fold. He says, there's other sheep that I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Speak to our hearts this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your presence and Father, I pray now as, as I proclaim your word, give me the, the wisdom, the words I need. And Father, give me the, may I say those words in the right spirit. Thank you for what you're going to do in our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. Being homecoming this morning, some of you who are our guests or maybe new members of Mountain View Baptist Church, you may not be aware of our church history. I'm going to share just a little of our church history. Mountain View Baptist Church was organized in 1921 in this small community that at that time was referred to as Spears Chapel, Alabama. The church was organized in a one-room schoolhouse that had been closed. The students had been transferred to a new school in Phil Campbell. And so here was this little one-room empty schoolhouse pretty close to where we are now, maybe up the hill just a piece further. But uh, that little one-room schoolhouse, some of you uh, went to school in that schoolhouse, and then when it became a church, some of you went to church, uh, attended church in that schoolhouse. But this one-room schoolhouse was known as Spears Chapel School. And no doubt after the school had been closed and those that passed by and those that I was riding by a horse on a horse or in a wagon. No doubt they were thinking from time to time, I wonder what they're going to do with that old school building. wonder what's going to happen to that thing. But little did they know about the mind of God. 
Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And God had a plan, a purpose, many years before for that little one-room school building. But at that time, people were wondering about that old school. And while they were wondering about that old school, God was working in the hearts of a man by the name of Brother H.T. Camp and Brother T.M. Smith and Brother C.B. Messer Sr., all living in this community. And God was preparing those men and others for a God-sized task that would require faith and action. And faith and action happened on March the 20th, 1921, in that old abandoned schoolhouse. A church was organized, and it was named Mountain View Baptist Church. And suddenly that old schoolhouse took on a new name. It took on a new nature. It took on a new character. It took on a new name. It was changed from Spears Chapel School to Mountain View Baptist Church. It took on a new nature. It went from teaching reading, writing, arithmetic to uh, teaching the Bible about sin and confession and repentance and salvation in Christ uh, alone by faith alone. It took on a new character. It had been closed for some time, been empty, but over the last 101 years now, thousands of people have entered the door of Mountain View Baptist Church. So the question is this, how did God take an abandoned schoolhouse, an empty schoolhouse, and develop it into a progressive congregation of believers for 101 years? I was thinking about that. And I really believe it's because uh, mainly of three things. I'm going to share those with you. I want to jot them down. The first thing, those that came before us had a burning desire, had a burning desire to follow the will of God. That was their desire. They had a burning desire to follow the will of God. Now, if you recall in, in Bible history, you recall God um, was to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. And so he, he spoke to a person by the name of Moses from a burning bush in Exodus 3, verse 8. And he shared with Moses, an Israelite, his will for his people. But Moses, he took that will, he took that will of God, and along with his desire, Moses followed God's will to bring God's people out of the land of Egypt. That's what happened here over a hundred years ago. Those that came before us were willing to follow God's will. They had that desire to follow God's will. If you remember, God's, it was God's will to, to carry the gospel to the Gentiles. And it was his desire to call on a person by the name of Saul of Tarsus to do that. His name later became Paul. And it was Paul's responsibility to get the gospel, share the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. And so Paul was willing to follow God's will and bring God's will to pass by being obedient to God's will. And then it was God's will 101 years ago to provide a witness for himself in this community, in this city, in this county, in, in uh, our state, 
in North America, all parts of other parts of the world, and it was his desire for a small group that agreed to follow his will, and they organized the church March the 20th, 1921, and we're, we're here today against all odds, making, making just a small impact on our community, on our city, on our state, on North America, and other parts of the world. So the point is this, whether we exist tomorrow until the Lord returns will be determined by God's divine will. And if those who come behind us will have a desire to follow his will as those that came before us did. Amen. So we're here, first of all, because of people who had a desire to follow God's will. Secondly, if you want to jot this down, I believe we're here today because those who came before us had a desire to worship God. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Jeremiah had this burning desire to rebuild the torn down walls and the burned gates of, uh, of, Jer of Jerusalem, and replace the temple, rebuild the temple uh, where God's people could meet for one purpose, and that was to worship him. So at the same note, Brother J.W. Spear and his wife Hannah and J.T. Hutchison and his family, and some of those are present today, Alvin Rice and his family and C.B. Messer Sr. and his family and other charter members and their family, they were people looking for a place to worship God and they were faithful to worship. They came to God's house to worship. They wanted a place to worship. They made no excuse whatsoever to be here. They made sacrifices in order to be here on the Lord's day at the Lord's house to worship. Years ago, I remember they were clearing trees out here to build a parking lot. And the uh, parking lot was on the other side of this building, on the west side. And I remember going out and looking around those trees as they were cutting it, and I found this old horseshoe. I've kept this for kept this I've kept this for 40 years I guess longer but anyway it reminded me of a sacrifice that people made to come to church on Sunday morning or Sunday night I mean they'd hitch up the team they the the parents would get their children they had more than one children most of them had most of them had several children tell me the Hutchins had how many was in that family 12 or something like that 12 kids in the Hutchinson family uh, they had, they had, it was a, it was a, uh, it was something to, to get everybody fed and get everybody ready and to get, you think you have problems now in the day we live in to getting people here. Think if you had to go get, make sure the wagon was ready and the mule had been fed, the horse had been fed. Think of things you had to do, but they were faithful. There was no sacrifice too large that they couldn't get ready to come to church. And that puts us to a shame and disgrace. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of them had more than five kids, but they made sure they were in church on Sunday. They came to worship God. They wanted to come worship God. And because of those that came before us, we're here today because they had a desire to follow God's will. They had a desire to worship. But they had another desire. They had a desire just to be together. They wanted to be together. They couldn't wait to get to church to be with each other. 
I mean, it was, it, they longed to see each other from one Sunday to the next. For a, a long time there, they only met one Sunday a month. They had a preacher, maybe it had four other churches, and they would meet him on the first Sunday, and he'd go to another church on the second, another on the third, another on the fourth, and one on the fifth, and back to here on the first, whatever the schedule was. And they longed to see each other. They wanted to come to church to worship, but they wanted to come to church to be with each other. Did you know that's what heaven's going to be like? Got to thinking about being together, being with each other. Did you know that's what heaven's like, is being together? Heaven is a gathering together. The Bible, the Greek word calls it a kononia, a fellowship, a gathering together. It's a, it's a commune. They, you have communion, you have fellowship, you have kononia, you, you come together, it's a gathering together, it's a sharing together. That's heaven. Did you know that there's something about the way God made us all? He made us to worship and he's made us to serve. God made us to like to be together. He made us that way. Got thinking about that, being together. And when our country was being formed, and when the first frontier, the west frontier was being formed, and you had those, uh, you had the, you had those lonely Indians out there in the prairie, in the plains, you had those Indians out there, and you know what they would do? They, uh, those lonely Indians would have powwows, and the reason for those powwows is where all those tribes could come together and just be together. Reading about Alaska and that frontier. The Eskimos came together and played games to be together. Just to be together. The cowboys. Man, we went to Montana some time back. I mean, the children were little. I guess it's been 40 years ago we went to Montana. And you're talking about flat. You're talking about nothing anywhere. Just desolate. Just think about that, living miles and miles. You'd sell mailbox on the road, but it might be two or three miles before you got to the house. There was no houses anywhere. It's just flat plain. I mean, beautiful country, but desolate. And cowboys came up with this thing called rodeo, and they would have rodeos for the purpose of coming together. That's why, that's how the rodeos got started. And with that in mind, being together is part of our makeup, and God wants us to be together, especially as his people. He tells us that in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Listen to God's word. Hebrews 25. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Together. As it is the manner of some, some skipping church, some skipping the meeting. But exhorting one another, you need to come to church, you need to come together, you need to meet with us, exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. You know what he's saying? You need to meet more than less as it gets closer to the Lord's return. Didn't say anything about calling off Sunday night services. Didn't say anything about not having church on Wednesday night. He says you need to come and meet together. Not forsaking yourselves together. So we gather together in his church. 
We sing together, we pray together, we read the word together in church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. And get this, by and by, when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathered home, we'll understand it. We'll tell, we'll, we'll tell the story, how we've overcome. We'll understand it better by and by when we get together in heaven. It's about being together. Oh, John was on an island of Patmos, and he was receiving a revelation from God. In Revelation chapter 21, he says this, verse 1, he says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And then he says this, Also there was no more sea. There was, there was no more sea. Now why did he put that in there? I saw a new heaven, new earth, and then there's no more sea. It's like he just stuck it there. He was on this island. He was surrounded by this sea. This sea was between him and his beloved that were in Ephesus. And he's thinking, hey, up in heaven, there's, no, there's not going to be separation. There's not going to be a sea. There's no separation, no more sea, no more death to break that bond, no more crying, no more bereavement, no more visitations at funeral homes. We're all going to be together forever and forever and forever. One fold in the presence of one Savior, John 10, verse 16. We're going to be together. Together. Heaven, now listen, heaven is the gathering together of God's sainted people. We're here today because those that, that came before us worshipped. They had a love for worship. They had a love being together with brothers and sisters in Christ. We're here today. We're here today to follow God's will, to worship God. They had a desire to be together, and I'm going to close with this. They, they were willing to make adjustments. We're here today because those that came before us were willing to make adjustments. I remember what Henry Blackerby said in his book, Experiencing God, Knowing and Doing the Will of God. He said this, Moses could not stay on the backside of the desert and be with God at the same time. He could not stay on the backside of the desert and lead for God at the same time. You see, to follow God's will calls for an adjustment to be made and that adjustment calls for faith, and it calls for action. Had there been any action in the past? Were those that 1921 forward, were there any action, was any faith action taken? Any adjustments made in the past? Well, they moved the old school building. They moved that old school building next door, and Brother Henry Fowler built the rooms onto that and raised his family. That, that was a big faith action. And then they, they built a block building in its place, and then they began... Uh, uh, services weekly and then they began Sunday night services and then they began Sunday school and discipleship training and they added new education space and fellowship space and added a cemetery next door and they cut the trees for a parking lot. They were willing to make adjustments. More adjustments. More adjustments would be coming for us. We'd later 
built a, a new building in 1995, required faith and action. And then you know the story of 2011 tornadoes, required faith and action. And I had a number of people ask me, you going to build a church back? Y'all going to build a church? Why wouldn't we build a church back? We'd been here at that time 90 years. Why wouldn't we build it back? Of course we're going to build it back. Did y'all have insurance? No, we forgot to get insurance on that bill. Ah, all those questions. They were willing to make adjustments, those that came before us, to bring us to this point. Find Us Faithful is a song by Steve Green. Some of you young ones never, never heard of Steve Green, but they're a popular gospel singer at one time. Here's his song, Find Us Faithful. Let it speak to your hearts. We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road, and those who've gone before us line the way, cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary, their lives a staring testament to God's sustaining grace. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave Lead them to believe, and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race, not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. After all of our hopes and dreams have come and gone, and our children sift through all that we've left behind, may the May the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road that we must find. Let others come behind us, find us faithful. That's my prayer for us, that those that come behind us find us faithful. You know, I, I'm not denying that heaven's beautiful when I say heaven, heaven exists because of people. I know Jesus is there. I'm not denying that heaven is not beautiful. I'm not denying it doesn't have domes and streets of gold and foundations of precious stones, a, a gate made of a pearl. But, but those are just things. When you really think about it, those things I just mentioned really can't make heaven. If you were there all by yourself and there was pearl gates and stone streets and jasper walls and a beautiful city and you were all alone and no one else there, what good would all those things be? Wall of jasper, street of gold, gates of pearl. So here's the point. Heaven is the gathering of God's people and that's what makes heaven. People that he came and died for. Many here today, many have not accepted Christ. You see, without God's people, heaven is empty. It's emptiness. It's about people. And God made that point many, many years ago. I hope and pray that you're going to heaven when you die. You know why? Because I want to be there. I want to see you there. I just don't want to have your memories here 
while I'm living, if you die before me without Christ, I just don't want to think. I'd be thinking all along, that person never received Christ. I begged that person, I pled with that person, never received Christ. They thought they were going, they had hopes that they're going, but they never knew for sure. In their heart they did. They had a hope of going there. Oh my goodness, the Bible says we just hope in this world we're all men most miserable. The Bible says you can know today that you're going to heaven. Scripture says these things I've written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Heaven is something you can know you have in the future. Eternal life is eternal life now and forever. You can't lose eternal life. You can't even define eternal life and say you're going to lose eternal life. It wouldn't be eternal life. Oh, my goodness. So let me ask you today. Have you, have you ever asked Christ to come into your life and save you? You've come here perhaps to decorate the graves of loved ones and friends, and that's, that's appropriate, and we should do that. We should honor them. But when it gets all down to it, those who have trusted Christ and your family that are in heaven, are you going to have a grand reunion one day in heaven with them? You're going to be able to sit around, walk in and see those you've longed to see. You know, that's what makes heaven it's not all the gold street or the golden street or the gates of pearl. It's not the jasper walls that makes heaven. I know Jesus is there, and that's worth the trip if we're by ourselves. But just think to be there and nobody there but you. That'd be a miserable place to be, really. But with everybody there, think how happy and joyful it'd be. I hope one day, one day in eternity, I'll see you in heaven. Let's have a prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for a time that we've had to focus on those that came before us. Help us to remember, Lord, that, that we're leaving a legacy behind to our children, to our grandchildren. And um, I guess one of the most important things I could hear as a father or a grandfather is after I'm gone that someone would say, you know, he, he loved the Lord and he's gone to heaven. We know where Papa is or granddaddy is there in heaven. And Father, I, I don't know any sweeter words than that. So thank you, Lord, today for loving us enough to send your Son into the world to die on the cross for our sins, that when we trust Him and only Him for our salvation, you give to us eternal life, a place called heaven. This body will be buried in the cemetery but the Spirit will go and be with you in that heaven. And one day we'll have a new resurrected body and our spirit, our body will be reunited together and we'll go up and be with you forever. Lord, we thank you for that promise. So now we pray, I pray for every person here, mom and dad, boy and girl, if they've never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their life, I pray today, this what a beautiful day, a day they'd never forget that they put their faith in Jesus on homecoming, decoration day, on the 26th of June, 2022, at a church service in, in the old Spears Chapel stomping grounds here in Phil Campbell. My goodness, I pray you'll work in the lives of people today and decisions that they make. We love you. Thank you for loving us through your son Jesus. And we make this prayer in his name. Amen.